This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, welcome to another edition of 50 Years of Chelsea uh, by the wonderful Chelsea Fancast. And uh, this week we are going to do 1990 to 1991. We're almost almost at the, uh, the end of football as we know or knew and love it before the Premier League. Apparently uh, before football was actually invented, so I'm told. Uh, but there you go. We've got another year to go before all of that malarkey happens and Chelsea find themselves still in Division 1 uh, and they've still got Bobby Campbell and 1990 uh, to 91, as with so many Chelsea seasons, is a tale of glorious unpredictability and up and down uh, more frequently than a proverbial yo-yo. Uh, now, two people who I can rely on to be completely stable and informative and learned and who were actually there when much of this all happened are the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show, Chidge. Lovely. Slightly exhausted by the marathon we had last night that was the uh, the season's preview, but um, that I think ended up being called the season's review. You were so exhausted as well. Well, there you go. You noticed. I have corrected that error now. Few, few. Yes. But yeah, but a very good show and I'm looking forward to this one as uh, my one of my favourite Chelsea players was signed. Yes. So uh, well, I'm very pleased to just talk about him. Good. Uh, but yeah, um, yes, lovely to be on again. Thank you. Great. Uh, and of course, uh, joining me and Jonathan, is, we haven't seen Dan for a while, Mr Dan Silver. Hello, it's good to be back again. Uh, a season that promised so much. And, 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 and don't give it away, Dan. And yeah. Um, so right, how, how old are you? How old are you in nineteen ninety ninety one? So it just started. I went to quite a lot of the away games that season. So I was kind of looking through the uh, the fixture list, including the Sheffield Wednesday game, which we'll come to later. I was I was there, and it was you know really kind of really getting to Chelsea then. Um, I hadn't discovered girls at that point, so it was it was Chelsea. 
this was my trouble because I, I, I mean, I'm a bit older than you, and 19. No, I'm still, I'm still around. You know, I'm still popping along to the old game. Uh, I haven't quite got under the thumb yet and moved out of London, so I'm still a boot. Uh, Jonathan, of course. Um, you know, you'll have been in. I mean, how many years have you been going now? As in 1990, 1991? Uh, 55. No. Um, uh, 31, 32. And how long have you had a season ticket now? Well, I unfortunately had emphysema. And um, didn't like going up the stairs because he couldn't breathe properly. So uh, tended to give it to me a lot. But um, um, that wasn't the answer you wanted. <laughs> um, uh, uh, 72, uh, about using it a lot for about about 20 years. Yeah, yeah, but it, wasn't, it wasn't the same seat. It wasn't the same seat. It was originally the, it was the East Stand, the old East Stand. He had a seat there. Then we were moved across to um, uh, the West Stand. And then, we, and then I was back in the, the new stand. From the very beginning, um, uh, the new East Stand uh, in in the top tier, so it was East Stand Upper. So when did that open? Seventy three. Did yeah. it work out? Yeah, mm. I was. I, I had a ticket from the very beginning there. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. There you go. So seventeen, 17 years there, and um, and it was a great view. I was in the front row. Fantastic. There you go. So these boys are. I mean, you know, who who better to ask about what happened in 1991, which is what we're going to do. Now, uh, as always, a uh, quick update on the kit. Um, basically, uh, the home kit is pretty much a slight design change, but it's broadly similar to what we've seen for the last few years. Still Commodore kit. Uh, nice uh, white uh, kind of lapels have crept in and a nice little triangular thing on the arm and the shorts. Uh, as Jonathan will tell you, still a disappointment with the blue socks, not white socks. Yes, yes you've uh, read my mind. Yes, exactly. indeed. Very, very uh, disappointing. But aesthetically, the little bits of red are absolutely lovely. And those little triangles, they were, it was a decent kit. Yeah, decent it was. Kit. Umbro kit still. Um, the Now, okay, we've got rid of the rugby kit for the, uh, the, the away kit. So no longer do we have, um, you know, red and white hoops. Hurrah. We've got actually what I think. I bet you, I know a young man uh, who probably loved the bollocks out of this. Um, but I know a lot of people who really love this kind of weird, uh, basically a white kit, but it's got, uh, as was all the rage in, in this kind of era, real kind of red diamond, red and white diamonds uh, on the shirt and kind of matched off with red and white diamonds uh, on the on the shorts. I bet you love this, Dan. Yeah, it's a fantastic kit. <laughs> yeah. I've got to have both kits. I've still got, I've got the red one upstairs somewhere. It was a really good Croatian feel, wasn't there? Croatian feel to the, uh, oh, yeah. the red and white uh, check on the shorts. Because it used to be a kit every almost every two years, then, so you didn't get the same excitement you get this year. So it was it was it, it was really nice. It was quite an iconic kit for me as well. Yeah, when I kind of wore it to the ground, you'd have, you know all the little white bubbles in the kit because they've been washed and worn so many times. Yeah, I thought you'd love it. Um, now, controversially, some may say uh, the third kit this year, uh, which only only survived this year, was quite unusual for Chelsea I mean I say that but Jonathan will tell you that this is not unusual if you go back to the 50s and the 60s but it's basically a red shirt white shorts and red stockings as they say so think kind of England 1966 World Cup uh, or or even worse think Man United 
It's, although they wear white socks with theirs, but it's it's unusual to see a complete. I mean, you know, a red red uh, shirt, white shorts number, isn't it, J.K.? But it had been yeah. known before. Uh, would would you believe um, when Chelsea played Moscow Dynamo in nineteen forty six, they wore red, white, red? Uh, mm. You wouldn't be able to tell because everything, all the pictures, in black and white. But uh, but I've seen some um, some unique color footage and. Uh, uh, I was taken aback. I had no idea that we embraced that as a, as a, an alternative strip. But yeah, yeah, it was it was weird how that was the. I think that's the first time and the only time we've ever played in that combination. Yeah. Because the the, the kit that we all liked and we were we tolerated was the um, the red, white, and green, the hungry kit, which some, somehow made a big impact on us all in that period. It was weird, wasn't it? There were certain kits that you think, oh, we really like that, and everybody bought the scarves. And in fact. Um, uh, you can still see, in fact, some, and some of the, the footage we've been looking at on YouTube, um, when because people brought scarves much more to games. There was kind of scarf culture in this period of uh, scarves being waved at angles, scarves being held up, which you don't see anymore. But lots of the, when you knew Chelsea were going to be playing in, an, in a, a red and white kit, it was a way, if there was going to be a colour clash, this red, white and green scarf would be brought from from 17 years before. So people still, you know, were, were alluding to that. Um, and that had gone down so well, that red, white and green. Well, I mean, in, in the 70s as well, they did have a red, white, red combination because uh, Sexton uh, kind of it paid homage to the great hungry side of the 60s. And in fact, actually, as we know, we, a few, couple of years back, uh, we actually had an all red kit. looked like bloody Liverpool. So it, it's yeah, not... No, I just meant with, with the white shorts. I didn't think oh, yeah, it was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. specifically the United look. I don't think we'd embrace that. Yeah. All right. Well, all good, interesting stuff. I mean, actually, I think it's, you know, something that we've we've overlooked, which is a bit sad, which we should have really thought about in the last kind of five, six episodes, is there's a massive, uh, there's been a massive sea change in, in terrorist culture in, at this stage as well. Uh, you know, this is very much the uh, era that we've just come out of, really, because it's more, mainly kind of 80s, but it does seep into the 90s too. But, this is the era, Dan, of the casuals. So, you know, you were identified, you could identify who you supported by what brand of trainers, what brand of jeans, what what jumper, polo combination you wore. Yeah, sort of Sergio Tacchini, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a test I, mean, I never really had that sort of stuff. I was just Chelsea shirt and that was it. But I remember like, all the all these guys coming in, I thought were really cool tracksuit tops with the jeans and the, the gazelles or whatever they were. You just thought, oh, that's so cool. And the and the short haircuts, which is quite impressive. And I just love the whole kind of polo neck peeping at the top, which might be in a feeler or whatever it was. It Pringle was jumpers. Yeah, Pringle. Um, Lyle and Scott back in the day. Yeah, so it was, Lacoste polos. Yeah, so yeah it, was, it was all like Liverpool fans used to come down and rob us all because they couldn't afford the kits. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I, that, very, funnily enough, this is a, ma- a massive digression, which is, of course, what, what we're famous for. But a very good mate of mine, years and years ago, made a, made a documentary about the casuals in football, and it's fascinating. And they had uh, an interview with the guy who runs Stewart's down in Shepherd's Bush on there. But, you know, historically, uh, you could there is a case to be made that says Liverpool were very responsible for the rise of the casual fashion in football because, of course, they were winning in Europe all the time in the 70s and the 80s. And they'd turn over all the fashion shops, bring loads of loot back and flog it. 
So that, they reckon that's where it may have started from. Although, you know, London-based fans, so not just us, you know, Chelsea, West Ham, you name it, would always lay claim to that. No, 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 no. That was all, it was all us. We we started all of that. We should have a, a program on that one day. I've just had an idea, but there you go. Um, right, digression over. Back to the foobar. Um, okay, first of all, as we like to do, uh, we need to talk about ins and outs. Now, this season is quite... Uh, you know, quite different from any other because in the summer, Chelsea spend uh, 1.2 million, uh, that's 1.2 million pounds on uh, Andy Big Nose Townsend from Norwich, who, of course, has just starred in the 1990 World Cup with the Republic of Ireland, who, who got to the quarterfinals, as you may recall. And we also buy Dennis Wise from Wimbledon for 1.6 million quid, which is a... You know, we basically break our transfer record with both signings by a substantial amount. Now, let's take them in turn. Um, you know, Andy Townsend, highly rated midfielder at the time. Um, and I, I know Jonathan's getting moist at the thought of talking about Dennis Wise as a transfer. So I'll I'll leave Dennis Wise to him. Dan, what did you think about signing Andy Townsend? Yeah, it's exciting because we were finally spending some serious money and he had a great reputation at Norwich. You know, real kind of hard, you know, tough tackling midfielder, scored goals. And he was he was courted by quite a few clubs. I think Arsenal were after him as well. Spurs were after him. But it was a real kind of statement of intent because we'd been kind of been shopping at bargain buckets previously, hadn't we? And then suddenly, you know, in the space of, what, a month, we brought in, you know, two international, well, an international player and a senior international player. Mm. And he, he was great for sort of three, four years. And he got his head turned because he wanted to win trophies. And, and went to Villa. Know. Weird. Yeah. Well, weird, he yeah. did win the League Cup, I suppose. Yeah. And then he became a crap pundit. So, but yeah, but so you know, it was a, he was a boyhood fan of Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I used to um, used to go up to training ground quite a lot in those days. And I'm, when Dennis when Dennis Wise and Townsend signed, I saw him in pre-season. And you, you could see just what a good player Wise and and Townsend were. Just that that different level compared to previous season. They just look really good. And you know, Wise he you know, in, in his glorious shell suits every day coming out. Signing autographs, it was you know it was it was a statement of intent. You know we yeah. we come close, and Bates finally said, "Okay, I put my hand in my pocket. We're going to buy a couple of really good players and hopefully take us up to the next level." Now the interesting thing about Dennis Wise, um, Jonathan, is that you know from what I understand, there was a, there was a kind of some initial disappointment, nay suspicion about signing Wisey as our star winger, not least because he had been a stalwart of Wimbledon, and of course they had a very up and atom, direct style. And uh, and of course, you know, we you know we had a long history of great wingers, Pat Nevin, um, you know, Charlie Cook to name but two. So there was a bit of mm, you know Dennis Wise, not not entirely sure about that. J.K. So I know I know you're moist about him, but was that true? <laughs> well, it, it was because uh, he was considered a clogger, wasn't he? By uh, because of his uh, his involvement in uh, essentially a clogging side that Wimbledon were. But I, I was living in Tooting at the time and I used to go and watch Wimbledon and he was great. He was a fabulous player and it was a fabulous signing and uh, he was fabulous. This season, he was completely brilliant. Um, both feet, crosses, both feet. That was something people didn't notice. He just seemed to have uh, the ability to shoot and centre with, with either left or right foot. Um, uh, wonderfully skillful. Played initially as an out-and-out winger, which he was really skillful at took excellent corners, fantastic penalties, terrific free kicks, um, a great precision passer. Uh, they moved him as the season went on. He played less winger and became more midfield. 
and um, scored lovely goals, sneaked in. Uh, quite, quite brilliant, brilliant player. I mean, just a, a wonderful purchase. And I had no disappointment. I knew he was good. I was absolutely, um, I was so excited about the signing because he'd he'd taken us to the cleaners playing for Wimbledon at home the year before, the season before. I remember thinking, God, what a good player he is. But he did have this this um, um, uh, energy to him that was this sp- not spite. He had a he 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 could be he, an a, edge. he could get stuck. he had an edge indeed, which which meant that he was suspended quite frequently. But like Speedo, exactly the same thing. There was a kind of energy to them both, which um, uh, meant that you would miss them for for periods. And uh, and he he would he'd put his foot in a few times, but it was part, you know it it made the man. You know, I was very disappointed. I went on holiday um, uh, and met a I can't remember who it was an ex pro. And he said, who's your favourite Chelsea player? And this is about 20 years ago. And I said, well, Dennis Wise, one of the top top Chelsea players ever. He said, oh, you like a clogger, do you? And I said, no, I really stood up for him. I said, no, he was a wonderful player. Not a clogger ever. Brilliant. Hated, Dennis hated giving the ball away. Hated it and was was terrific at not doing so. And the very fact... He played for England. I'll just, so I'm, going, I'm, I'm shooting right, their bolts. Right. No, again. no, go, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. The fact that he played for England 16 times um, was 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 testament to his yeah. uh, abilities, I, and, I, and is this testament of him as a player. He was fantastic, fantastic player. I was going to say, just you know, many years hence, admittedly, but I'll give you two Dennis Wise moments, which absolutely back up and validate what you've said. Yeah. Scores a fucking great goal in the San Siro. Ten minutes to go. Brilliant goal. Mm. Who put mm-hmm. the through ball in for Gianfranco Zola to win the Waffa Cup? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Quality player. Now, Dan, I know you've been you've been itching to come in on yeah. this. So tell me, tell me what you wanted to say. Well, we, um, I said back at Highlington, I was, it was Wyatt's sign and Kerry Dix was signing autographs. And I said, oh, are, you, are you pleased with Dennis Wise? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was either going to be him or David White from Manchester City. Because they want to bring they want to bring players into you know cross the ball in more and more. Yeah, he's, he's, he said he's, he's a good player. I'm, I'm glad we got him because it was it was, our, it was either him or David White, who was really pacey winger to Manchester City. He was you know wise. Oh, he's great. I mean, I love that aggression. I love. He was more jury like White, wasn't he? He was actually more uh, Gordon jury like. Yeah, he was. He was a direct winger. I'm a really powerful, yeah. fast, and have you? Yeah. But no, wise yeah. was great. I like I loved his aggression. We lacked a little bit, and you know, leaving. It got sent off in the second game, didn't he? Palace away. He got sent off. Early on, but no, he was, he was a phenomenal player for us. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Took the time and so much so that we sold him for you know two and a half million, which is more we paid for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, um, but also his, his his involvement in the club in, in Europe and the formation of the the later team of the latter team oh, yeah. of the nineties and, yeah, just, and was 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 um, uh, without you know was was a, a supreme. Yeah. Did you realise his improvement and his involvement in the club was? was peerless, was fantastic. One of the great Chelsea. He can have to swear. No, there you go. Yeah. Right. Um, enough. Um, I mean, two record-breaking signings. I mean, as, as simple as that. Uh, I mean, I think the interesting thing is that Colin Hutchinson's been in charge uh, of the playing and the staffing strategy now for three years. It's when Colin Hutchinson, who by the time he leaves, uh, many, many years later, uh, you know, I think people underestimate just how crucial he was to... You know, Chelsea's rise. I mean, really, this is where it's all beginning to come together. I mean, I know it might not look like it when you see some of the results and some of the league positions in the next few years. But, you know, Bates and Colin Hutchinson had a plan and you can start to see it coming, you know, beginning to come. The kernel of it, I think, this year. 
Um, out go uh, Clive Wilson, I think, sadly, because I like Clive Wilson. He's a great little player. 450 grand to QPR. Darren Barnard to uh, the uh, the Giants that are Wokingham for 100 grand. But J- JK... He ended up, he ended up um, uh, having a decent career in the in the second division, didn't he, Barnard? And we, Barnsley, we've, Barnsley. We've not, yeah, Barnsley. We've not mentioned him at all. He was actually a decent player, hmm. the future chances he got. He just didn't quite come up he was wasn't quite good enough which was a shame um but uh, i i liked him i enjoyed watching him for when the few times he came on i don't know what how many appearances he made but uh, it's a shame we, we didn't mention him but he he just mm. he, he went fell through the cracks a bit great. yeah he did a bit but he was a decent player and i i i liked um i liked the fact he had a very good career after that even if it was uh um, mostly second division um, deserved it is a trier. So, uh, you know, we spent a lot of money. So huge investment by our standards. So I, I'm thinking uh, that there must have been some very high expectations around the time. I mean, I, I've pithily... Uh, I mean, actually, you know, it's funny, isn't it, how, how history always, always, always repeats itself because I called this little segment record-breaking transfers and we're going to win the league. So, I mean, almost like we've been saying... You know, this week, uh, with the excitement we've got over spending all this money, Dan. You know, were your expectations massively raised of doing well this year because of those two signings? I was more excited because we actually had some quality players coming. I think because I've been going for what by that point, probably my tenth season. It just it just been ups and downs. I don't think we win the league because I still think there's a very good Liverpool side and George Graham had built a really strong Arsenal side. And I just thought we were just nowhere near those sort of levels because we, we didn't have like a, a Smith, a Rupp, not a Smith, um, what's his face, a Roe Castle or a, anybody like that. So I just thought, you know, a good cup run again. So I always said to my dad, what do I do this season? Well, let's, it'd be nice to get to Wembley in a proper cup, cup competition. It'd be nice to have a good cup run. It'd be nice to maybe get a bit closer. So the expectations were slightly raised. Well, we'd finished fifth last year, remember, so, you know. No, but to get to get to get to decent cup one, I think we always said we will be good. We didn't. We didn't. We never thought at that time we'd see us win the league mm. at all. I mean, it was it was about getting you know past the third round of the FA Cup or the League Cup at that point. Have a you know a, a good cup run. Um, because my dad had been obviously you know he'd seen a load of crap for since nineteen seventy, so he, he he was well used to it. I think he managed my expectations really well. Mm, good on him. How about you, JK? As I, I'm, if you don't say I thought we were going to win the league, then we're doing it all wrong. <laughs> I thought with the two signings we'd do better. Um, I thought with the two signings that, and I, um, it required Dury to be fit for longer than he was. It required um, uh, having a better manager as well. But I was uh, very excited by uh, the, the two purchases and thought, well, um, we've got some decent young players. Um, Wilson had a great season the year before. Kerry had a great season, um, and I thought they'd be providing the. The, the energy in midfield and uh, I, I thought um, uh, I know Townsend Townsend was a bit a bit um, um, sweet and sour you know he, he could be fantastic and then disappear from some games which was a shame because he he'd been so wonderful for Ireland um, but yeah he was it, 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 my expectations were enormous um, this season um, just because they'd finished fifth uh, I, I'm I was such a fan of Dury I keep going on about him um, uh, and I thought, well, him and Kerry is, is a terrific combination. And it just, it, it uh, so my my view at the beginning was that we would do extremely well. Dan? Yeah. I mean, Jury was just 
when he was fit, he was just an incredible player. And I was watching the, the YouTube link that Chidge said, and some of the goals and the power and the pace and the direct running, he really, had he not been so injured, I think he would become, you know, an absolute key player for us, but he, he just couldn't keep fit. I mean, he'd, he'd be no, he in out three. I mean, that more pace he had and that strength and the, the shot he'd get away was... Sure. No, I, don't, I, I don't think I've seen anybody since hit the ball like Hasselbank that. was a bit like that. I mean, Hasselbank had yeah, sure, power, sure, sure. Not, not a lot yeah, sure. of that lift. But he, I think, you know, but then he sad if I say I want to move further north, went to North London. Yes, exactly. Well, let's get into uh, the season. We kicked off the season uh, at home against Derby County. Uh, and I'm delighted to say we, we opened the season with a home win. Uh, Dennis Wise score, uh, took a brilliant free kick. Actually, it's a moment of comedy, if you recall from the uh, from the YouTube clips. But uh, Wisey took a brilliant free quick kick, which hits the post. It comes back off the post. Kerry does the most brilliant, complete air kick. Misses the, misses the ball completely. And it finds its way to Peter Nicholas, who absolutely wallops it in. Brilliant goal. And the other notable thing about this uh, is that David Besson... Um, well, there are. Uh, the, the, I'll get into this in a minute, but basically, you know, David Besson uh, saves a penalty in the last... Literally, the last kick of the game from none other than Dean Saunders. Boo! Yeah. So there we go. So we kick off, we kick off with a 2-1 win against Derby. Um, any, I mean, I presume both of you were there. Yeah, I was there. So, what, so having said what you've just said, what were your first thoughts? What are your thoughts now? You've seen the first game. We win two one. Get away with it a bit, to be honest. Yeah, I thought, we, I thought we, it was it was a good start. A bit lucky to be the penalty and stuff, but you know, just we, you start with a two one win. We're top of the league. Top of the yeah, it was it was a good game. I think you know, was it about twenty five? We were fifth yeah. actually, but don't don't let yeah. it get to you. Yeah, I just think you know, we started the season really well. It was a positive start. You know, Wisey had a couple of nice nice touches. And we got the win. And best in saving penalty in the last minute is always going to be a job. Well, that was a problem, though, wasn't it? I mean, penalties. Well, I was going to say, Dan, I mean, this yeah. is just absolutely bonkers. It was uh, Rodders gave away the penalty. We then we then go to uh, to uh, to Crystal Palace uh, and uh, uh, we uh, we lose 2-1. Um, this is just nuts because, well, it's Cundy, Cundy's debut, by the way. Jason Cundy makes his debut against QPR in the next match. Rodders gives away a pen in each of these matches, by the way. Um, I mean, basically, Rodders keeps... And he, he does it again in the Arsenal game, which we'll talk about in a minute. Rodders just had this habit of giving away penalties of the unlucky bugger. But um, let's talk about the, the QPR match where we were... We, I mean, we've talked about the away kit earlier on, the fact that we had this wonderful white uh, Croatia-type kit, and then we had the other red one. In this match, we were playing... In this weird combination of the jet, the old jade top yeah. and blue shorts and socks, we looked quite good in the YouTube video. I kind of liked it. Was it was weird though, wasn't it? I completely it forgot it. that. It was really fast psychedelic, but I, th- I don't know whether they thought that the, the white and red might, you know, the QPR's white and blue might be a, a clash. But very unless the kit wasn't ready, which is possible for the manufacturers. Maybe they'd lost it. Yeah, um, it looked like the kind of decision a referee would make. Yeah. Saying, I'm sorry, I don't approve of the uh, of your, the kit you brought. You have to get another one. Or they, they went back to the fridge because it wasn't that far. And that was the only kit they could find. Maybe he said, look, oi, 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 Chelsea don't play in red. They play in <laughs> yellow away. Sort it out. That's all they had was the Jane kit. Maybe it was a Chelsea it's fan. It's kind of weird, though, because you look at Loftus Road. It hasn't changed at all going back. You know, those, I mean, they've just got seats in, but still the same kind of closely compacted shithole that it was. But it was, it was considered of- Considered state of the art though when it was first built. State of the art now, isn't it? 
to the arc. Absolutely, yeah. it is. Well, anyway, um, look. Uh, can I just can I just highlight something here? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, I felt that 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 we've made light of all these penalties that that Rodders gave away, but I don't think I think one of the reasons this season was peculiar. I'm giving the game away here, but was because I, they didn't really work out defensively what was going on, and I'm not sure that Rodders was the the best man to be playing centre half. Um, and they had Erlen Johnson flitted in and out of the side. The fact that Cundy made an appearance, it was a, an ever-changing landscape as regards well, the defence. I'm going to, the... hang on a minute, Dan, I'm going to stick it up for my big mate, Jace Cundy, who we'll, we'll hear from in a minute about his debut. But uh, he does break through into the side this year. You're absolutely right. I totally have it right. I mean, remember that Ken, Mon- Ken Moncow must have been injured, is all I can say, because Ken Moncow's yes, our, yeah. our best central defender. Was, I was, agree with you about Erling Johnson flitting in and out. It is interesting in this match, this is Cundy's debut, uh, as I said, uh, and you're right. He's paired at the back with uh, with uh, with Rodders, poor old Rodders. And I think Rodders is a much better midfield player than he is yes. central defender. Just because he was a big unit, he got put in there. Um, the other thing, you know, you're talking about penalties. This QPR match, bloody two penalties in this one. We lose one nil because uh, Rodders gives away a penalty, and Roy Wegerly scores. This is in the first minute. Uh, in the 23rd minute, we get a penalty. Now, you remember ages ago, we were talking about, in the mid-80s, Chelsea had like so many different penalty takers because they all couldn't bloody score from a penalty, including Kerry. And then Graham Roberts comes in and he scores them for fun. Well, Gra- Graham Roberts uh, is kind of, he, he's not he's still around, he hasn't gone yet, but he's not, not really playing for us. Who takes the penalty? Kerry Dixon. Who would you put money on to score a penalty if you knew nothing about football? Kerry Dixon. Who puts it way over the bar? Kerry Dixon. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, it's ship as Bush. It was hit so badly. It was an awful penalty, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but there he, you go. I mean, he, he missed so many penalties. I mean, he would have broken the goal screen record had he been able to take a penalty. I need to talk to him about that because I forgot yeah. all about his, uh, you know, ability to, to... I can't I can't believe... I can't believe, you know, that, that he missed so many. You're absolutely right. I mean, basically, our start was, was predictably Chelsea. We were fairly good at home. We were quite poor away. Um... As you were saying, J.K., jury goes out injured early on. Why does he get suspended for three weeks? Uh, and I'm wondering, being kind, if this has anything to do with the fact that we we go up to Highbury, um, and uh, I think Arsenal uh, was second the season before. They'd won the title the year before that, uh, so we know they're a decent side under George Graham. The famous one nil to the Arsenal, and I'm afraid to say we get absolutely humped for one and just to add insult to injury uh kerry gets sacked from penalty taking duties uh to be replaced by uh kevin wilson on 82 minutes he puts his penalty over the bar dan i know um, i was actually at the game because i um, might be yeah because my cousins my cousins are a massive arsenal fan so i was sitting in the the arsenal main stand with my cousins and it was just a horrible experience i mean i was uh, you know, you, you know, in the home end, you're getting battered 4-1. You've got to go, oh, yeah, great goal. God, I just couldn't wait to get out of that. <laughs> horrible experience. I mean, Arsenal, that was a very good Arsenal team. That was, George Graham had a really good team there. I mean, there's some quality players all the way across the park. And we just got absolutely torn apart. I mean, was it four goals in a in, in half, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, in front of the North Bank, it was just tore us apart. They were Mer- a good side. Mercer, Mercer running the show, Roe Castle. Good, good side they were, and they said Dixon. Dixon scored a penalty, didn't he? Lee Dixon. So yeah, just a, they get another penalty given away by David Lee, wasn't it? Okay. Um, I, do you know what? Uh, let me just check. I've whizzed, I've whizzed forward a bit. Oh, 
I'm getting a bit confused by him. No, 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 no. They didn't get any penalties. Um, no, they did. Lee they Dixon did. Lee Dixon scored yeah. one on, on 59. I don't yeah. know who gave it away, so I'm just going to say Rodders did. Yeah, they right. <laughs> I think he probably did. I mean, they, they, the, the, he, did. The, he did. He did, yeah. Well, I know. Well, I mean, as I, in the notes, in the notes, I mean, it gets even better. We go, we go and play City. Uh, we draw 1-1. And uh, there's, it was Rodders who gave it away. You're absolutely right, JK. Yeah. Next match... Yeah. Erlen Jonsson gives away our fifth penalty in six games. Um, having seen the highlights, I would have said we, I think we looked like the, the better the better side um, in the one one. Uh, we then I think we play uh, Sheffield. Uh, forget the uh, the Walsall Cup match where we stuffed them five nil in the Rumbelows Cup. We then go. We then we then got Sheffield United at home. The interesting thing about this is that Kevin Wilson scores his third goal in a row. Uh, against City, and then his fourth and fifth against Sheffield United in six games, uh, in five games. Sorry, so yeah, six ga- six goals in five games. Kevin Wilson, we love a bit of Kevin Wilson. J.K. We've decided, haven't we? we, we yeah, very much. Except he he's then not um, not on the score sheet. I don't think for the rest of the season. Sorry, um, I got that wrong. He he scored his fourth and fifth goal uh, against Sheffield United, and his sixth in five games against Saints in the three three draw. Against them later on, but he, he doesn't. He doesn't have a great season, and I, I don't think he plays as much actually, from my memory. Well, I think it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I'll bring you in, Dan, for your point, but just to kind of throw you a curveball as well. I, I have you right there, J.K. I mean, the mainstay of our attack, which we've been quite enamoured over in the last few weeks, was basically a front three of Kerry, Jury, and Wilson, all fairly interchangeable across the front. And Ke- and you're right, Kevin Wilson kind of drifts out a bit this season, and I kind of wonder whether this had anything to do with the fact that they, they, they... I wonder if Campbell's changed the system slightly with the additions of Townsend and Wisey, you know, because he wasn't really playing with wingers. You know, we'd basically our wingers were our fullbacks, Dorigo and Clark for a time. Uh, Gareth Hall comes in too. Uh, and basically, we had this front three. But uh, I wonder if it's changed a bit, Dan. I'm just finding, finding it... Sorry, sorry, Dan, I was finding it difficult to work out what the system was, actually. Well, indeed. McAllister would come in and you'd have Wise flitting around behind him, and then Wise to be on the left. And you've got Lasseau playing, but you've also got um, a left fullback as well behind Lasseau. You think, well, is Lasseau midfield? I didn't. Uh, I found it. I found it confusing. Then Dorigo was playing as a normal kind of of uh, uh, wing back. So, uh, um, but he was injured for a, for a bit. I think was also not selected. So um, it was. It, I found the selection very tricky to to understand what was happening from a. I'm gonna. From, can I, I'm gonna park the Lasso thing for a minute. But you're absolutely spot on. And and just very quickly, I was really. It was amazing to see a cherubic uh, Graham Lasso. He looks about fourteen, but he either played with a number eleven on his back or a number seven. So he was absolutely played as a winger, wasn't he? Anyway, Dan, sorry, mate, you wanted to come in. No, just like, I think you know Wilson then didn't score again until January, and that was it. But he had he was he was decent forward. But I think maybe he he, he served his purpose at that point. We, we did go to more like oh, a. You're harsh. Me and Jonathan have been know. falling in love with Kevin Wilson oh, the last few years. I loved it. His nickname was Atash because of his moustache. <laughs> yes, actually, funny story because I used to go on soccer camps in the summer, and it was run by one of the, the, the scouts from Chelsea, and he always used to be Chelsea players along, so he brought along. Um, Kevin Wilson and I can't remember who it was. Um, oh, and Nisveski came along for the day, and it, they were doing coaching sessions. And um, if he got something wrong, he had to do a punishment. So um, one of the kids there was sixteen, and he made a mistake. So Kevin Wilson goes, "Right, fifteen press ups. Imagine there's a bird underneath you." 
I think I think you know. Fair enough. I'll, I I respect your view. You yeah. you were going more regularly than me, but you know maybe we're we're slightly blinkered by the highlights that we've been seeing. But there's no doubt about it. Early doors. Oh, Kevin Wilson was on fire. Uh, unlike Chelsea, who are up and down like a proverbial yo-yo. We draw at home to Forest. We lose two nil away to Liverpool. No disgrace in that. We then uh, beat Villa one nil at home. And uh, this, I think, I could be right in saying it might it might have been. Graham Lasso's debut goal for Chelsea. He's whizzing round and he's, uh, I think it, I'm in, you know, I don't know if, no, I know he scored against Palace, didn't he, last season? But Soxie scores a goal wearing the number 11. And I mean, you know, again, without kind of getting too ahead of ourselves, I think he, he makes a really interesting impression that he scores a lot of goals this season. Uh, I mean, maybe it's because I'm thinking he scores a lot of goals for a defender, but he wasn't a defender this season. That's the interesting uh, thing, isn't it? Five goals, five goals he scored in 28 games. He brought in as a winger originally when they signed him from Jersey. He was he was originally a winger and he obviously got converted back into a, into a full-back slash wing-back. Pace to burn as well, Dan, this year, yeah, certainly. Yeah, and a bit of aggression as well. Yeah, as well. he gets but, sent off, I think, later in the season. Quite, quite, he used to get the red mist and get yeah. a bit crazy. First whole, yeah, we had, it was much more maybe like almost like a, you know, 4-4-2, 4-5-1 with Dewey just behind. It was It's hard to, because Dewey could play Cutsby wide right or wide left and cut in with carrying on his own. It was, it was, it was, a, weird, it was a weird formation. Jerry um, had that wonderful thing as a player for Chelsea, which he had all his career, of being able to pick the ball up on the halfway line and just pelt for the goal yeah. and players would come and try and tackle him and he'd just be too quick and he just and he was so skillful, he just outpaced. And then, and then he'd drive the ball in at about 90 miles an hour. Got absolutely phenomenal goals. And, uh, uh, but as you say, Danny, I'm going on about it. He, he was dubious from a fitness point of view. But um, yeah, groin yeah. issues, weren't they? hamstring problems. That's why he never really, really fulfilled his full potential as a player. Because I think yeah. he had when he went to Spurs as well. He had a whole lot of injuries and so on. So I mean, I, I know we we were. I mean, we haven't got there yet. But I know we were very sore about, uh, you know, jukebox jury, the traitor going to Spurs. But actually, I think maybe with. Nearly thirty years hindsight, we can say we probably got the better end of that deal. Yeah. We Jerry saw Cotton. the best of him. Yeah, three hundred grand from um, Hibernian, I think, wasn't it? And yeah, two and a half from Spurs. Uh, okay, back to where we are now. After after uh, beating Villa, we're we're now eleventh. Okay, at the beginning of November, so you know, all things considered, I mean, you know, nothing to get massively excited about, but nothing to get worried about either. Uh, our attentions then turn to the Rumbelows Cup, which uh, is is the League Cup, folks. Uh, we um, we draw with Portsmouth at home, which was very disappointing because we should have we should have beaten them really. But we then we then go down to Fratton Park uh, on Tuesday night on the sixth of November, would you believe? And we find ourselves two nil down. Uh, now this is quite interesting, isn't it? This is the lovely thing about going back through these old clips, and suddenly, like like you were saying, Jonathan. Your memory comes back to you. Oh, I remember that player. I remember this player. And two players I remember very well. Um, Cha- you know, Mark Chamberlain, uh, father of uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, and Guy Whittingham, who who had a reputation as a great lower league kind of journeyman, but a great goal scorer. Scored lots of goals for lots of different clubs. So we're 2-0 down uh, at the end of the first half, or 48 minutes, certainly. Um, and then, with 10 minutes to go... We just absolutely spring to life, and uh, 
Lee scores on 80, Rodgers scores on 81 minutes, Wisey gets a penalty, puts it away on 83, and then Kevin Wilson scores again on 90 minutes. I, I don't know if either of you were there. No, I was there. I, I I'm pretty, I remember they had the, what, what was sports report at the time? Not that sports report. No, the one like people was on radio too. Sports night still on? Uh, no, it was, it was radio, so they, they kept they kept cutting back to us. Be another goal at Fasten Park. Oh right, 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 right. Two, 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 two. Just go back to Guy Whitty. They actually bought him out the army for five hundred quid. That's right. Yeah, he was really good. No, I just remember he oh, almost played for. Did he not play for Sheffield Wednesday and almost play for England? Well, I, I think it's be completely different. I don't think he, he, he went. He stayed around. I don't think he played for England. He got close. He got no, he didn't. Close. There was a moot. There was it was mooted that he was going to yeah. get called up because he was. Uh, I think I'm confusing him with somebody completely different. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, um, it's interesting watching that that footage of, of Wisey taking the penalty. Is the goalkeeper comes up and gives him a volley of abuse just yeah. before he's about to take the penalty, as clearly did another Portsmouth player. And, uh, yeah. and he just he just rifles it beautifully into the corner, and then um, goes up to the player who'd abused him and hugs him. <laughs> and the player. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely typical wisey thing to do absolutely typical. all right well that that pretty much brings november to a close the only other kind of things that are worth noting uh about november are that graham roberts finally slinks off uh to join uh west bromwich albion for 200 grand but the other interesting thing which I, I haven't managed to find too much else about because i just didn't have enough time and i don't really remember but in november cabra estates uh, announced their plan to redevelop uh, Stamford Bridge for housing and retail, and their plan is approved, which inexorably puts um, the Sword of Damocles hanging over the future of Stamford Bridge as an entity, certainly a football one. There will be more on this later in the show, but that I just wanted to get get that in the timeline. Um, so we're kind of like heading towards Christmas, and, and basically I've enti- entitled the next kind of segment, if you like, same old Chelsea. Um, I mean, we've been we've been following Chelsea for a long, 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 long time. But I mean, there are people who have come to Chelsea fairly recently who have understood one thing and one thing alone: that Chelsea have the ability to beat the best teams in the world one weekend and lose to the worst teams in the world the next weekend. My dear friends, this has been going on forever. In fact, if you're really interested in, in Chelsea's ability to do this, just go and read some of Rick Glanville's his Chelsea history books. That Chelsea have been doing this from the day they bloody got founded. It's what Chelsea do. And I tell you what, this period from kind of December to the end of the season epitomises this like no other. Um, other than that, uh, the other really interesting thing is, and actually on, on the review uh, video that we've all watched, it was very interesting to see Bobby Campbell saying, well, basically, you know, it wasn't going exactly how I really wanted it to thus far this season. So I decided to bring in um, a lot of the youngsters and... You know, interestingly, he brings in... Well, I mean, I say he brings in Gareth Hall. Gareth Hall's clearly had, you know, quite a good run in the side on and off for the last kind of six... Where was Steve Clark during all of this? Well, do you know what? We, we you know, I, I don't know the answer to that, uh, but I can happily divert away from what I was talking about to talk about this. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. 
In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper chels. I really don't know. All we know, if you remember, is that last season, towards the end of last season, he kind of got dropped, didn't he? I mean, whether he was not yeah. playing very well or not is a moot point. But he was clearly having a few... We, 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 I mean, Kelvin intimated this, certainly, didn't he? That Clark was yeah. not happy and wanted away. So there's a good chance that there was a bit of a hangover from that. Clearly, one can only deduce that he didn't, didn't see eye to eye with Bobby Campbell because, as we know, without tipping the wink to anybody, Bobby Campbell leaves this season and Clarkie becomes pretty much a fixture after that, doesn't he? From my, my observation of watching Clark and, and Gareth Hall, Steve Clark was, you know, streets ahead of him. Um, Gareth so Hall is a midfield genius. Steve <laughs> was... Phenomenal fullback. There, yeah. there was a lot of talk. He, he was homesick and wanted to go back to Scotland. I remember that. Yeah. In the previous season, he was wanted to go back to Scotland. I think Rangers were sniffing around. I mean, that may be, you know, yeah. a, a fake memory, but I think that's part of the reason. And Bates wouldn't sell him. Although, although when you look at it now, again with the, you know, the the the, the benefit of twenty twenty hindsight. Clarkie's without doubt one of the best right backs we've ever had. I mean, I, I would go so far as to say Clarkie's possibly a legend. I mean, he he traverses the eighties right up to to almost to to Roman's time. I mean, that's phenomenal. You yeah, know. and also when he played last year, he, he'd been he'd been excellent. He had. So that was why it was so peculiar when he was. I remember at the time thinking, I don't, is, is he injured? I don't understand why he's not being picked. And the fact that Gareth Hall played, who was you know okay, but um. Um, Albert, as he was nicknamed, Albert Hall. Why, why was that? Uh, uh, I, I don't. I, I don't know. He should have been called um, Ronald Victoria. Victoria. Really, Ronald Hall. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he should have been yeah. called Fuck. <laughs> Clever. 
Anyway, actually, but having insulted dear Gareth Hall, I need to retract that totally because Dan and I actually met Gareth Hall with Cundy in what used to be the Pelican and now the Tommy Tucker after a game. And we were all absolutely battered, as were they. And I have to say, what an absolutely lovely... Do you remember that, Dan? Yeah, he was so nice. I mean, he Lovely was, bloke. I, I mean, of all the exercises I've met, aside from the famous ones, Clive Wilson and Gareth Hall, top blokes. Yeah. Really, really nice. Yeah, I just totally. go back to it. It was complete, complete and utter... Um, there's a player called Fitz Hall, who's played for QPR. His nickname yeah. was One Size... One size. <laughs> I like Clever. that. Yeah. One of my yeah, favourite nicknames was for Kevin Nolan, and I interviewed Dean Holdsworth, who's actually a, a he's a he's a lovely bloke. Dean Holdsworth, very very funny bloke. Uh, good player. Very yeah, good he was player. a good player actually. Ooh. But uh, he, he, I interviewed him, and he kept saying, oh, "Well, anyway, you know." I, 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 he said it was pointless. I was all you know. Either either Jigsaw was calling for the ball and he'd screw it up, or you'd give it to him and he'd screw it up. And I said, "Who are you talking about?" I talk about Kevin Nolan, Jigsaw. I said, "Why, why, why, why did you call him Jigsaw? Because he always falls to pieces in the box." Yeah. <laughs> the other one is a player called um, Kiki Masampa. He used to play for Sheffield Wednesday. His nickname was Christmas. Oh, very good, Dan. Yeah. We could be here all night. We probably will be knowing us. We, we usually are with these shows. <laughs> uh, where were we? Football. I tell you what is Gareth interesting. Hall. Look, just just to go back to Gareth Hall, who, as, as I said, I, I liked a lot as a, as a Chelsea player. I really did. Remember, he's a Welsh international. Not that that's saying an awful lot, I know. But you they know, weren't very good at the time. No, they weren't, were they? Um, right. The the the, the ch- you know the the first uh, kind of the preferred defence at the moment and has been for most of this season is Gareth Hall right back, Tony Dorigo left back, and Cundy and Rodders in central defence. And as I said, I can only surmise that there was an issue with Stevie Clark. And that Ken Moncow was injured because, as I said, Ken Moncow is far and away our best central defender. Jace, you know, let's not knock Jace. Jace was was highly thought of at, by the club and us at the time. I mean, if one thinks the yeah. opprobrium heaped upon the club when we sold him to Spurs a year or so later, you know. Also, so Erlen Johnson, Erlen Johnson was there, and he wasn't configuring. I know. So that is all a bit weird. Um, but there we go. He was bigger later on. This is some of the players you see that we bought. You thought would figure and then played subsequent seasons and had good seasons. Well, you think, indeed. Well, so what was going? What was going on in training? Well, no, I was then bemused in this particular instance that he brings in Bobby Stewart. He brings brings in Graham Stewart. Where are we? Was, are we talking about the United match? Um, you were saying he brought in youth. You well, said. yeah, I was. Well, thank you for getting me back to where I was. I just, just uh, Gareth. That's why I know where we started this. Gareth Hall. You can't really say he's bringing in youth there because Gareth Hall had been in the team for a while. Cundy's definitely a youngster, but has been playing for most of the season. Um, I think he's refer. I mean, he was talking about the United game, and I- and that's what I gleaned. Hall, Cundy, Stewart, and Matthew. I would have thought would have been what he was talking about. The really interesting thing about the um, uh, the United match is that Moncow is back. Big Ken Moncow is back in central defence for the United away match, and Graham Lasso goes to number three. And, of course, he's been playing more forward on the wing. So, yeah, so Dorigo's Where, out. Where's Dorigo? Is, is he injured or is he is he out of favour? I, I don't know is the answer to that because I don't remember, but there's a chance that, it being that Campbell was saying, I brought brought in some of the youth. Graham Lasso is playing as a left-back. Gareth Hall's still at a right-back. Cundy and Moncow are still uh, in central defence. Graham Stewart comes in. Damian Matthew comes in. No Townsend. 
Actually, no, I'm talking out my ass. Townsend was playing. Sorry, I misread it. Um, David Lee is a sub. All right. But anyway, I don't know. We are, were either you up at Old Trafford for this one? Nah. No, I wasn't. No, big shame. It was live on telly, though. I remember it being yeah, live. Well, on it television. was. It was the live. Yeah. yeah, I watched it on the telly. But it was a. It was a cracking game and one yeah. of our our highlights of the season. I mean, we were, um, we were we were one nil up. Uh, we were two nil up. Right. Uh, Palace scores a great own goal, uh, and then Townsend scores another good goal. Uh, and then Wallace scores for United, and then Hughes yeah. scores on 73 minutes to make it 2-all, and then we get a penalty on 76 minutes, and Dennis Wise wallops it in the back of the net. Um, by the way, that Townsend goal was a cracking goal. Um, cracking so, goal. Yeah, yeah really was. One of, the, one of the well, he scored some decent goals. He had a good shot on him. He was a good player. But he intercepted he just, it in our half, ran all the way there, yeah. and walloped it past um, Les but, Seeley. They occasionally had this ability to press really well, which is was I kept thinking, is this I don't once again, I don't know what the what the setup was. Because sometimes they press forwards, which is what they've been doing um uh, under John Neal and what they've been doing off and on um under John Hollins. It was it, I always felt with these these the teams of this period is they didn't quite know what they were supposed to be playing. Um but in this instance, I think three players get the ball back and Townsend is pushed forwards and he's then got an opportunity to run at the goal at pace, very similar to Dury. They they had great pace running running into the penalty area, and everybody keep up. Kerry was always very swift, and he'd be on the. They'd either put a decent cross into the far post, and Kerry would would wander in and tap in, or they'd go on their own. But this is this is a great goal because he lets Seely, the Man United goalkeeper, come to him and then just flicks it over the top. This is this is a this is world class uh, scoring striking action yeah, from a midfield player. Cracking he, goal. He, he was, he had moments like that, Townsend. This is that's why ultimately um, uh, he disappointed me as a as a player because he had this skill and um, uh, it, it just didn't it didn't come out as as often as it should have done. Meanwhile, Wisey is playing out of his skin again, absolutely phenomenal. Can I just just make another point? You know, meanwhile, I still don't know what the composition of the side is. Where's Dickens? You know, he 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 then plays a few games later on. Where the Dickens? A, where the Dickens, a, is Dickens. Where the Dickens is Dickens? Where the Dickens is he? A decent player. So they've got all these players who just don't figure, who've done well the season before. And I and Matthew had a really decent. He was a decent player, Damian Matthew. Yes, he was. Palace. He was yeah. a very he good was player. Really decent yeah. player. So you've got all this abundance. Bobby Stewart, Graham Stewart was absolutely excellent. There were thoughts that he was going to play for England the following year. Really, really swift. Beat players ended up at Everton, kept them up, didn't he? At Everton, but yeah. he was he was um, and uh, he then became a, a, a Chelsea stalwart for a period before they sold him. Really top talent. You thought they've got all these people coming through. Uh, who's making the decisions here? I don't get it. I don't know why they're not better than they are. I don't know why they're they're, they're well. But I think it was down to the defence. He couldn't really work out what the best defence was, or perhaps he was never a great defensive manager. Um, dealing with the defence, Campbell. Um, but whatever it was, I was I was bemused in the season. And so I thought, you know, we've drawn another one. We should have won. And we've won that one at United when, uh, you know, we, we we picked it, plucked it out of the bag of, of talent there. Suddenly we were excellent. So uh, it was a uh, all, all of these results are just confusing all the time as to what well, it's the classic. Was. It's classic Chelsea this classic, season. What the style of play was supposed to be when he was in a sense he was moving away from the way that he'd set himself up to be in the second division originally Campbell which was which was uh, you know kind of um, the midfield was supposed to be you know it was Nicholas who wasn't getting a game Bumpstead who was hardly getting a game 
and um, they were all solid. And Roberts, who didn't get a game, they'd all they'd all finished with the club. And uh, um, and he was trying to be it was a mixture of solidity and creative creativity. And he never achieved it. Well, Campbell. to be fair, to, to be fair to Campbell, we criticised you know him heavily uh, last week, saying that he hadn't managed to make that transition from you know a more physical, hard nosed, robust midfield with no creativity. Right, and basically relying on the top three and the wing backs to either score us goals from nothing or on the counter attack. So actually, with the acquisition of Townsend and White, let's let's call Wisey more of a midfielder than a wingman. You know, you've got actually goal scoring and creativity in the midfield now. So I think he is actually trying to do it. You know, well, maybe... I think he he changed it because originally Wisey came in and played winger. Well, indeed, well Wisey was a winger. No, he was originally. Yeah. He could do the complete beat players and put across him, but yeah. he obviously became apparent to him. So he would he had the ability, Campbell, to notice that here was this this player who could run the game from midfield. And yet somehow in other areas it it, it wasn't working. I felt it was he was between two stools all the well, time. Well I I, I would agree with that. Let's life, park you know? that for now, JK, because I think we can do that uh and I, I do intend to do that in the kind of, you know, reflective analysis at the end. Um, having beaten United 3-2, which is always, uh, you know, good, because, uh, you know, remember, this is Fergie-era United, the likes of uh, um, of uh, Paul Ince playing for them. Uh, we then get Tottenham at home. Um, uh, on the first... Rumbelows, we Rumbelows, well, sorry, yeah, we, we beat we beat Oxford uh, United 2-1 in the Rumbelows. Sorry, just to tick off that one. Can I just say what the Rumbelows was, for people who wouldn't know? Rumbelows was an electrical store, which had a large number of... Um, of uh, electrical of goods out, out, yeah. outlets no outlets all over all over england i think then got subsumed it got picked up by yeah. something else with with pc world or something in the end yeah. but um they were they were that was why why it was the rumblers company It'd been the littlewoods cup the year before hadn't it and that was to do with the pools and it was the milk cup and it was to do with the milk marketing board yeah. so for the people who are listening who have no yeah. idea what we're talking about when and, we say rumblers uh, rumblers are used to um have an employee of the year to hand over the trophy so it wasn't anybody famous so the employee of the year would give the trophy at Wembley employee of the month yeah. all right listen let me talk about Spurs uh, the Spurs game uh, now remember that last season we had lost to Spurs uh, and I'm delighted to say that this is the first match in a run that was to last 28 years we didn't lose to them at the bridge for 28 years and this is the first one but my god we didn't have to try and fuck it up um, basically, um, Dixon Kerry scores a great early goal. Uh, Bummers, it, it, I think. I think this might be his last goal for Chelsea. Actually, Bummers got a start in this game, playing in midfield. He scored on 44 minutes, um, which basically made it two nil. We're two nil up against Spurs at home. Happy days. Second half, all goes completely. Pete Tong. Paul Gascoigne scores an absolutely wonderful free kick on 55 minutes. A typical Gaza free kick up and over the wall into the top corner, lovely jubbly. Uh, Jukebox t- uh, makes it 3-1. You would have thought game over, wouldn't you? Oh, no. Uh, two minutes later, uh, Lineker, as I think I say in the notes, and this is a recurring theme, um, if I can only find it, uh, Lineker, Lineker, Lineker dive. He did. He absolutely dived. Of course, he Lineker... Ta- himself to the ground with yeah. the referee on the other side of the... Uh, Butter uh, wouldn't the melt my arse, mate. That's right. Butter absolutely. wouldn't melt my arse. Anyway, he dives. He takes the penalty, of, of course, himself, which, of course, as we know, having seen 1990, Italia 90, Lineker's brilliant at taking penalties. Um, delightfully, he misses, but sadly, he then scores uh, later. But Chelsea win 3-2. So 
Uh, and actually, this was a good result because Spurs were a decent side in those days. I mean, the likes of Gascoigne and Lineker playing for them tells you all you need to know about that. And they were actually third. And Venables was the manager, of course. And they're third in, they were third in the table. So that was, a, that was a good match for us to win. I presume you were both there. Dan, were you there? Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's always good to beat Spurs. Well, isn't it just? Yeah. But I, I just love Gaza because he's a real character. And that free kick was just absolutely incredible. I mean, top, top in, big top bins. And it was, it was good to see Stanford Bridge absolutely, you know, you know, rocking and full because you know you kind of been looking at sort of twenty thousand fans, but to see a full house, I think it was like 30, 33, 000 there. It was, it was, it was brilliant. Uh, there were still bits of it, Dan, that I didn't understand were roped off. The shed always has still had that bit in the corner. Yeah, the, I remember that. You should be able to watch that was some. always, which they could all about another another three thousand people. One of the basic, the the old the old blue cars. Yeah, yeah, well, the, the invalid car. Yeah. But it was yeah. it was like a car park there still. He didn't. He just didn't care about that aspect of it. Just, no, he didn't have the money to do it. I think it was, we've established in the past he was charging people to park round the ground <laughs> there. Like, the car yeah. Charging all the disabled people, disgraceful. No, no, not them, no, the others. There were other prominent car... Well, or perhaps it was the director's park there. That you was the director's I've car I've spoken park. to ex-players. Uh, and and you know not Chelsea players, but I think some Chelsea players too who say that they would deliberately try and hit those cars actually just for shits and giggles. But anyway, we beat Spurs. I Joe Allen once did the scoring and disappearing amongst the cars to uh, to uh, celebrate <laughs> yeah. celebrate Shed. with the yeah. with the with the shed. Yes, yes, and us working out where's he gone? Where's what's what's this? Anyway, sorry. Anyway. Well we beat Spurs 3-2. Uh, we then go on to beat Palace, who are also doing very well. Again, this is a good Palace side with Stevie Coppola as the manager. They got to the cup final the year before. Um, and we beat them 2-1. And actually, that 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 shows a remarkable upturn in, in fortunes for us because we now find ourselves... Yeah, Palace, Spurs were third, Palace were fourth. So we beat some you know teams doing well in the league. And we're now back up to... Ninth, and after that um, comes well. We we beat Swindon one nil in the Zenith Data Cup, which of course we're the holders for. And then comes quite possibly one of the most insanely stupid, crazy matches that I think Chelsea have ever played. And and you know I don't remember much about this at the time. Well, at the time I did uh, against Derby County up at the baseball ground on Saturday the fifteenth of December. Um, I see that my my old mate uh, Trevor Hebbard, who was uh, went to the same school as me, Dan, the only only footballer from my neck of the woods, yeah. and married to the sister of my best mate Simon, who you've met. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, small world. So Trevor Hebbard, uh, he always seems to score about Chelsea, and I only realised this from doing this show that, that I've suddenly realised that he scored against us all the time. I, I shall just read you what happened, and then we can comment on it. Basically. Chelsea opened the scoring 1-0. Derby equalised 1-1. Chelsea score 2-1. Chelsea score again 3-1. Derby score 3-2. Derby score again 3-all. Derby score again. It's now 4-3 to Derby. Then Chelsea score 4-all and again 5-4 and finally score another goal 6-4. Bear in mind, this is all with Peter Shilton, who's England's greatest ever goalkeeper, just retired from international football in goal. And at 3-3, when Derby scored the equaliser at 3-3, their fans invaded the pitch. They were so ecstatic. Um, what an insane game, Jonathan. What on earth was going on? Quite wonderful. A wonderful, wonderful game. Um, uh, I think one of the reasons that we didn't, because we were bossing it completely, I think when we got to 3-1, one of the reasons they came up was it was Ken Moncal got injured. 
So uh, yeah, um, fifty-seven minutes. Only, yeah, and uh, I can't remember who was the sub. Was it was it David Lee again? Came on. Peter Nicholas. Oh, Peter, of course it right. Yeah, Peter Nicholas came on in one of his last games, actually for the for the Blues. It was his um, last game. It was indeed right. Right, good stuff. Um, but um, we were then the delights of the just to go ahead for the sixth goal, which Jury scored a wonderful goal, three nil. And once again, they were pressing, which completely confused me as to you know, so what what formation are they playing? But um, uh, um, the the speed of Dury of the final goal is is Dave Besant just throwing the ball out to Besant on the on the halfway line, who just runs at goal, people falling trying to tackle him fail miserably and smashes it brilliantly into the corner an absolutely superb goal um but uh um yeah a, a great example of of their resilience and their abilities and uh, you then sort of think well why can't they channel this the whole of the season into something that makes them uh, well it shows a lot top. of character doesn't it to, to that's to, what i'm yeah, saying i'm saying yeah. the character they've got that why can't they use why is it it, it, it's so sporadic, you know. Mm. You say it kind of like summed up the abilities and deficiencies in one match. Wasn't it? You know? <laughs> totally right. Yeah. I, I remember we were driving back with family somewhere. And again, you know, you had Radio 2 on the reports. It's, now it's you weren't, you weren't there at this one, Dan. No, Darwin, I did go that way, though. I think we were somewhere from my mum's birthday. I remember coming back in the car and, you know, it was like ping pong radio reports. And it was like, and then it came on the, I think ITV had the highlights, didn't they? And they had the highlight show. And that was yes. what I remember seeing. Um, I used to never find out the results so I could just watch the game on the highlights. That Much easier then, wasn't it? You could just tell off the yeah. radio. And, you know. yeah. Yeah. But no, it was, just, it was an absolutely incredible match. And as you say, it was a microcosm of the season, just absolute phenomenal attacking play, but defensively woeful. You know, but then it's... Football's and, and also, let, let me talk about Besson. Besson wasn't as good as he had been last year. Well, he was like, just... Like, well, like, defence wasn't as good. Possibly. No, no, indeed. Well, I mean, look, been... to be fair, you, you, you called it, JK. Ken Moncow went off on yeah. uh, on 57 minutes and then Derby scored on 62, 67 and 75 minutes. All, all yeah. from crosses and easy headers. And Herbert, Herbert came around the back post to put him, yeah. you know. So, so maybe there's... we lost once the subs may, we lose our shape. We haven't got that Absolutely. The shape's all gone. There's your answer. Now, uh, just to kind of revert us back to where we are in the in the general scheme of things this is a good a good patch of form for us seven straight wins we're now up to six in the league we are in fact the form team in the league and who do we who have we got next the wonderful uh our biggest horrible nastiest rivals apart from spurs dirty, uh, Leeds. dirty Leeds are up next now dirty Leeds are in a bit of a resurgence this is the howard wilkinson era team horrible team with the likes of mel sterling in there lee chapman gordon strachan to name but three who, of course, go on and win the league, uh, I think, next season. Anyway, they. Uh, so what happens? We're in, we're in great form. What could possibly go wrong? We lose 4-1. Absolutely hammered up there, which is which is dreadful. And just to... Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Were either, I presume you weren't there, Jonathan? No, I wasn't. Dan? I wasn't. No, OK. It's Christmas. Well, let's let's move over that one then. The less we talk about that, the better. Uh, but but this, this annoyingly kind of uh, gives away to a really poor run of form. We basically lose three matches on the spin, including losing our unbeaten home run to Everton via a Jason Cundy own goal 
and uh, Oxford knock us out of the FA Cup in what is first round proper uh, um, at home with an attendance of 14,500. What was going on for the Oxford game then, Dan? I just remember, weirdly, really, Mark Steen scored for him as well, just as a side note from memory. Yes, we all remember. Yes. Yes. Wow. I mean, if you look at our attendances, I mean, you know, we've got 21,000 for Palace, we've got 16,000 for Norwich, so kind of 14,000 is probably not. But I, I think the, I think the crowd was the reflection of the way that the support thought the team was playing. It was just so hit and miss. Given that they, they should have been better, it was it was well. Was, I, I, just to you get them. Just, sorry, mate. Just to interrupt quickly the, on the attendances. Um, our average attendances at home were twenty, basically twenty one thousand. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's, it's Oxford the FA Cup at home just after Christmas. Not exactly the most, you know, appealing of matches. It was, it was quite different. You know, it's the FA Cup, Dan. It's the FA Cup. I know, but it's Oxford at home, third round. We've not had the best of records recent years in cup competition against lower teams, so maybe people thought they'd dodge a bullet. You know, I, Jake, I was there. And it was just, it was just, it was so depressing to, to get beat so comprehensively by Oxford. It was just horrible. It just, it was just, you know, you walk away thinking, "Oh shit, season's over now. We're nearly over." You know, we've got to always still in the league cup, but it's January. We've just got to plough through to where we all start again. It was just really disappointing. What have you got to say for yourself, JK? No doubt you were there lording it up in the East Upper. Uh, well, I did lord it. No, I just remember being impressed by, by uh, Steen's goal and the ability to, uh, as we were to discover, to uh, similarly thrash him in. Um, that was the one thing about him that um, always endeared him to me was his ability to, uh, to smash him in off, off the other side of the bar. Um no, it was just a kind of it was a bitterly disappointing third round of the cup to go out, um, especially since there was so much tradition involved with the cup. But it kind of uh, and, and what you almost expected with the season. I just didn't know what was going to happen, who was going to turn up, what the side was going to be like. So you just ex- ex- accepted, and then the next game thought, well, they might do quite well in the next game, but they indeed they were. They went on a rather really rubbish run, didn't they? Well, they so, were in the um, middle of one at the moment. The interesting thing about yeah. this is that Steve Clark's back. He 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 was in the game before against Everton. He still retains his place. Of course, we know that that Ken Moncow is injured. Um, Erlen Jonsson's back uh, in central defence with Jace. Um, but there you go. Anyway, Moncow comes back for the QPR game, which we win two nil. Um, and uh, and then we face we, we're in of course we're in the what is effectively the quarter final of the Rumbelows Cup the League Cup uh, in old money and we get Spurs who we play at Stamford Bridge and as you were saying Dan you know when Spurs are in town we tend to you know yeah. turn up thirty four thousand at the bridge for that one on a Wednesday evening um, we were much also, the team turns up Chidge as well yeah that's what, not only the crowd and this is what also annoyed me about the season was they play against Spurs and they play like champions. Well, we did play like champions, but we couldn't put the ball in the net, although we were much better than them on the night, weren't we, Dan? Absolutely battered. I've never seen such a phenomenal performance at my age. And we absolutely, I mean, had chance after chance after chance. Made Spurs look so average and we just could not put the ball away. When Dixon missed a couple, jury, it was really, really frustrating. But having said that, it was probably one of the best nil-nils of football we've been to. And then weirdly, I think, pretty sure that I came back to watch the highlights, but I think the Gulf War had just broken out and they didn't actually show the highlights. They'd broken to, I think, news channels and they didn't actually show the highlights because literally I think the Gulf War just started that night. How dare they? 
I know. It's How like, oh, very dare they? Really looking forward to going home to watch the highlights. And there's a whole news on about, you know, Gulf War and stuff started and everything else. I think it was either that or the, um, the replay, but definitely remember getting home to watch highlights and just seeing rolling news on ITN. Yeah, well, they did play very, very well. And as I said, remember, this is a decent, I know it sounds like sacrilege to say it, but this was a decent Spurs side. Uh, anyway, we end up having to play them in a, in a friend in a in a replay, uh, you know, f- the week after losing uh, to Sunderland one 0 up at Roker Park in the league, uh, but we really, I mean, we did we did the first uh, the first match justice in a way because we absolutely walloped them three 0 and yeah. made them look very ordinary again. Uh, great, a great Kerry Dixon goal. Wisey scores a great penalty, and Townsend got the ball rolling on sixteen minutes with a one nil. So that basically means we're in the uh, semi-final of the Rumbelows Cup. More of that in a minute. The great thing is we follow that up by playing Arsenal in the league. Uh, now, Arsenal at the, t- at the time are the league leaders and undefeated in the league. So what does Chelsea go and do? We beat them 2-1, of course. Graham Stewart and Dixon scoring the goals. Uh, presumably, uh, you were both at this one, it being a home match. Yeah, I was there. Really thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, you know, it was. It was we went one nil up, and it was, it was real squeaky bum time. Then Kerry made it two 0 with a tap in, and then obviously Chelsea being Chelsea, they get Alan Smith to score a goal in injury time to give us a nervous last couple of minutes. But that was quite an achievement because Arsenal only lost one game that season. That's right. And we just, we just really listen. We had the ability to turn up and play and live with the best, but we also had the, the ability to be absolutely diabolical. But it was, it was a fairly comprehensive two-one win. I think we thoroughly deserved the win, and it was, it was, it was really, you know, one of the few highlights of the season for me. Just you know, beating beating the big teams was a was a big deal for us then. Yeah, and I, I mean, sorry, combination that he had. I can't remember the combination that he had that made it work because it worked against Spurs. And it worked against Arsenal. So uh, what, what was he doing that was different, Campbell? Or was it just the players' attitude? It'd be interesting to know. Well, I, I, could, I could be mean and say, and say Cundy wasn't playing, but that would be mean. <laughs> but uh, Jim, I'll tell you the team, actually. Dave Besson, Gareth Hall, Tony DiRigo, Andy Townsend, Stevie Clark, Ken Moncow. So I'm trying to think who's in... in... Well, he must have played Clark at centre-half then. He must have done. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or maybe Gareth Hall. Uh, anyway, uh, Ken Moncow, Graham Lasso, uh, Bummers came on after 24 minutes for Lasso, Damian Matthew, Kerry Dixon, uh, Graham Stewart, Dennis Wise. So uh, it's not it's not what I would have expected, given what you just said. If you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And but there's no Dury and there's no Wilson, so no. Uh, it, it was uh, it was very speedy though, because I said Stewart was a very speedy player. So. Um... It's just interesting how that combination worked, and yet uh, earlier on in the season, supposedly better players didn't work. I mean, the um, interesting, the interesting thing, you know, following on from what you guys are saying, you know, it, it, it set up classically for this is a team that would never win the league if the league lasted for a million years because they just you don't know what Chelsea's going to turn up. But that makes them into a really good cup side potentially, doesn't it? And lo and behold, we find ourselves, thanks to beating Spurs, in the semi-final of the Rumbelows Cup, League Cup in old money. Uh, and, of course, it's a two-legged affair. And we get Sheffield Wednesday, our old nemesis from back in the 80s, at the bridge on the 24th of February. And we don't bloody turn up at all. Um, there's a lovely line in the commentary, actually, uh, which basically sums it up. Uh, but we got done uh, a burst from Hurst, it says. Yeah. Uh, which basically did for us. They they won 2-0 quite easily in the first leg. We just didn't turn up in the second leg. We're already behind the eight ball. 
Uh, and then Nigel Pearson scores, the Nigel Pearson that was the Watford manager. Uh, Danny Wilson, who had a great managerial career. Stewart gets one back for us. And then Williams puts it out of reach with an appalling mix-up between Ken Moncow and Dave Besson. And we lose 3-1, Dan. Yeah, it was it was a business. I think the first leg was a 12 o'clock on a Sunday kickoff, wasn't it? Because it was live live on TV. It was 12 o'clock Sunday. It and was, it was, it was. Yeah. yeah, and there was a real kind of excitement to the game to the game, and then I say we just didn't didn't turn up. And second leg, we'd already got tickets, so I, t- I had half a day off school, so we drove up to Sheffield. The second leg, which is rather pointless thing, and my dad was with a friend, so I was in the um, weirdly this is just after Hillsborough, so we're in the upper the upper end of the Leppings Lane. Yeah. And- and it was, I don't know, it's it quite eerie going in there because of what would happen. And then, you know, full full end of Chelsea supporters, even though the game was pretty much dead. And then we just capitulated and it was horrendous. And I'm waiting outside the ground for my dad in the pouring rain, waiting for him to come around from the, um, the Hillsborough Cop to, to pick me up and take us home. We didn't get home until, I think, three in the morning. It was just, it was it was awful because that'd been my first proper semi-final close to Wembley. You could almost touch it. It was a really disappointing two matches. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? We 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 know that you know during this period there are a lot of uh, you know very disappointing things kind of going on um, when it comes to cup matches and stuff, and and this is one of many. But I, I just wonder, Jonathan, just how just how disappointing this this really was. Well, they were in the championship. They were in the they, as it wasn't there. They were in the second division, um, and it was uh, they were a decent side. Um, uh, and they just outfought us. So um, I think they somehow, I, I think almost like playing us playing against Sheffield United this year, we went in with high hopes and just could not deal with it. We couldn't deal with the aggression. We couldn't deal with the uh, um, the power that they had, which was to stand them in good stead in the uh, in the first division the following year because they got to the the cup the cup final the following year, didn't they? Um, Ron Atkinson's uh, team, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made some astute signings. So I, I don't think we're that to blame. I think they were, they were very good, indeed. They wanted they it more, maybe. And yeah, there was a, a touch of that. I felt, but uh, maybe um, we, were, maybe we yeah, were a bit uh, complacent because they're in the first division and we were, you know, comparatively much better than them at the time. But I also think that they would probably have thought that even nil nil at the bridge, we'd, we'd have won away. I think there was that feeling. At the time, I thought, well, nil nil doesn't matter. We'll beat them at, at Hillsborough. We're, Apart from the know, fact we lost two nil, so of course we did. It wasn't nil nil. I'm so yeah. sorry. Mm, yes, yeah. of course. I'm confusing it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were absolutely, uh, yeah. We, we, yes, it was a dismal experience watching that game. Yes. Now the was other thing problem? about the away leg, J.K., is this: this was one of those occasions where we played in the Man U kit. Yeah, red and white. Yes, it, was, it actually looked. Looking back at it, it actually looked quite nice, but wrong. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel guilty? Did you feel dirty yeah, thinking it was quite, quite nice? Yeah, because the red, the white Commodus is quite. Oh no, 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 no. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. It's all yeah. very. Oh well. Well, we made up. We made up with that disappointment, kind of, by uh, uh, win. Uh, sorry, drawing one all away to Spurs. Guess what? Uh, Lineker dives again for a penalty, but this time puts it away. Uh, and then we have to. Then we've got Man United at home. Always uh, one of the big. Uh, games of the season uh, and we won this one 3-2 like we won uh, the away uh, match in the league 3-2 great goals by uh, Gordon Jury and Tony Dorigos Tony Dorigos was an absolute belter and Ken Moncow headed in the winner from a corner that meant that we were the first team 
uh, this season to do the double over United, something which we're quite fond of doing. Uh, And we are now up to eighth in the league. We're level with Wimbledon and United uh, on 40 points. And we're one point below Man City and there are 10 games to go. Um, are you are you getting an itching where you shouldn't get an itch, Dan, thinking, oh, well, we're eighth now. We might do all right here. We might, might get into Europe at least. Um, no, because... No, because this is Chelsea. It's Chelsea, yeah. <laughs> like, you, kind of, you know, you've gone back thinking like, you know, the stupid defeats, you know, not capitalising against Wimbledon, you know, Losing, you know, losing a couple of games quite soon after. She just thought, no, it's just Chelsea. So, just a couple of things to tarp a few loose ends after the United, uh, the United match, which, as I said, left us uh, in eighth position. Peter Nicholas finally leaves the club. He goes to Watford for one hundred and seventy-five grand, and then in February, following up from uh, Cabaret Estates' January edict. They now, in February, demand that Chelsea either purchase the freehold of Stamford Bridge or move out, Jonathan. Yes. Yes. And um, uh, th- thus begins Bates's brilliant um, legal filibusting. Yeah. Uh, in an attempt to make none of this go to court so he doesn't actually have to um, leave the club and the the football ought to fall apart. It was interesting. There was lots of speculation as to where Chelsea could possibly go were we to leave the ground. Um, Fulham Park Rangers. Yeah, indeed. All of that being whether the new club would be created, but this was the talk of the period um, of whether uh, the club would carry on in its existing, um, which was we took very seriously at the time. I don't know what you did, Dan, if you were, that was uppermost in your discussions with your, your mates at the time, but it was, yeah, uh, I mean, well, it was a big, mom, theory, big, big period of debate for us. Yeah, I mean, it was, I think because my mum and dad tried to help, wrote to Colin Hutchinson to see if we could, if there wasn't any sort of professional help because of what they were in. And they, my mum actually had a meeting with Hutchinson, there wasn't enough for her to do. Because they really wanted to try and sort of get behind the whole thing to, to stop it happening. So obviously he got a huge, huge tradition. And it was a David Ball show, wasn't it, at the time? Was he the protagonist? Not sure. I think it was David Bulstrode. I think he it was... Does uh, ring a bell, actually. Yeah. yeah. And then, oh, no, I, mean, yeah, I, think, I think David Bulstrode was from Marlon. I think there was a, I think he, he died at some point during the process. I said, I said to myself, does that mean that Chelsea is safe? He went, no, it doesn't, unfortunately. Well, I'm I mean, doing... as we know, because, of yeah. course, we can look at this now with nearly 30 years' worth of perspective of course what Bates did that was brilliant and I don't know if he could have known this at all but uh very soon there's a massive great big recession that hits and of course Cabra go bust so the whole thing falls into Batesy's lap quite nicely but that as they say is for another show but uh back to the football and uh having you know I was kind of alluding to being maybe a bit optimistic because we you know we're in eighth place but effectively not far behind six with 10 games to go. Is there a sniff of us doing something this season? Remember, we finished fifth last season. Um, it all goes very, very Pete Tong. And as I, as I label this part, JK, when we are good, we're very, very good. And when we are bad, we were horrid. And it was proved by a very, very dreadful spring, uh, a run which meant that we lost to Sheffield United, Southampton, Coventry and Leeds again. And Leeds were at home before drawing against Luton, well, we drew against Luton in this spell, uh, where Frank Sinclair and Andy Myers uh, made their debuts, and we also came back from 3-0 down 
uh, to draw three all, which kind of proves that there is life in the old dog yet. Uh, Graham Lasso scores and is sent off. How typically Soxy. And at Everton, um, we draw against them as well. Kerry scores a couple of cracking goals. One of them is an absolute blinder. And interestingly, wonderful, yeah, wonderful wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. And we also weirdly uh, played in white shirts and blue shorts and white socks, which is a bit like the jade the jade combo from earlier in the season. So I wonder if they'd forgotten their kit that week as well, mate. Perhaps the ref decided once again that whatever combination they brought with them didn't work. But why didn't they bring the red kit? I know. Perfect. Very, very odd. Very, very odd. Trying to to, uh, sell a fourth kit to come up with. It's very odd, though, because, you know, no, the white white kit wouldn't have clashed with Everton at all. I mean, actually, if anything, the one that they did use was the exact kind of reverse out of the Everton kit. It's very, very bizarre. But there you go. Um, We then kind of basically... um, I mean, you know, basically we end up beating Norwich, which 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 was nice. So we we ended that run of games without a win, or getting beaten. Uh, but of course, that really put put you know put a line under any hopes we had of challenging for a European place, Dan. And and then and then with I think uh, I'm just trying to work out how many matches to go. We we then yeah there we go. All right, we we, we yeah we we beat Norwich away three one. That breaks the 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 sequence of losses and uh, and uh, a draw. Uh, and then we have three matches to go, which are Nottingham Forest away, who are in the FA Cup final, the fi- the famous final where Gaza does his knee, uh, trying to assassinate, I think it was Crosby, wasn't it? Gary Charles. Gary Charles, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Liverpool at home, our last home match of the season. Liverpool uh, trying to gun down the Gunners. They're in second place, uh, still with a squeak of winning the title. And then we have Aston Villa away. So what could possibly go wrong, Dan? What could possibly go wrong at Trent at the at the, uh, the what yeah against uh, Forest away? I think the match kicked off and it all went wrong from there. We we're fine, <laughs> it, Daniel. Um, I think that's the best way of putting it, mate. Yeah. I th- I, we just got absolutely destroyed. Roy Keane just becoming to promise as a great player with a couple of goals. Stuart Pearce just marauding like here in the pitch. We just we just did, we didn't lay a glove on Forrest the entire match. It was just a we we sent a problem with Pierce and free kicks. It was it was a constant. Yeah. You'd belt the ball at the goal and it would hit somebody and go in. So I remember going to City Ground on several occasions. You just you know you they got a free kick and they all the Forest fans would would all leap up in their seats knowing they were going to score because that's what he did against yeah. Chelsea. I mean, he was, he, he, I mean, he was a fantastic defender. He was really good. To be fair, they were, they were, they were, ex- Forest were excellent. Yeah. Absolutely excellent. They did, they destroyed Chelsea for a reason because I mean, they were absolutely terrific. Yeah. I mean, he had like had some Roy, Roy Keane, Ian Wone, and... Gary Parker. Nigel Clough was good as well. Yeah. I mean, to be to be fair, I mean, Forrest, you know, had a lot to play for at the time. They were playing for their cup final places. Of course, as we all know, again, with hindsight, it was the only time, well, Clough got, got a team to the final and still not won the FA Cup. So there was a lot, you know, they were playing for places. We had nothing to play for. You know, we were we were mid-table, we were about 10th, I think, at the time. So our season was all, all you know, effectively over. So we were probably, I mean, you know, we see it every year, don't we? I mean, we sit there and say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so will get a result against them, probably hammer them because they're all on the beach with their feet up already. 
you know, they're not going down. They're not going to win. And we were absolutely that team that day. And seven nil, we got absolutely humped. One of the funny things is, I'm, and I'm presuming. I mean, I know, I know, I wasn't there. I'm presuming you two weren't there. But from what I understand, Chelsea supporters and true uh, Chelsea kind of humorful gallows humor spirit were, were singing, "Always look on the bright side of life." Yeah. Do do. I have a fear that I was there. I'm afraid. Were you singing it, Jonathan? Uh, uh, I wasn't singing it. I, I mean, it's I, almost I, a show my, tune. It's almost a show tune. You, I could hear. I could hear you singing that. I've hummed it under my uh, under my breath. I might have uh, <laughs> given a couple of words, a bit of the chorus, um, because I, I I was a strange away goer. I, I would somebody would entice me. You know, let's all go to watch the ticker guy. I go, oh, okay, all right, yeah, I'll do that. And depending if I was playing cricket or something, or something else was on. But I I I have. Um, uh, the fact that we then revisited this started making me feel very uncomfortable. So I think, uh, I think I was there. And, oh dear. Uh, and I, I, I don't think we left early either. I don't think we were very good. At I'm, I'm sorry to awaken past trauma, JK. No, I, I'm happy to go down that route. I'm happy. Um, I, I, th- I always admire, I admired Forrest as a team. I always found myself with these instances. There was a plus for watching sides take us to the cleaners. You could despair, but if they were playing very well, you could always think they're good players. He's a good player. What, what's going to become of them? Will they do this? Will they do that? You know. So, well, I don't. So, I never. I've, I've, I've never. Ne- Keane was exceptional, actually. Very young-looking Roy Keane scored a couple, the yeah. first and the seventh. Um, I actually believe I have found out the definitive reason why we got so thoroughly humped and shipped six goals, chaps. And the answer is that our mate Jason Cundy was not playing that day. Uh, he <laughs> must have been that. Was Andy Myers playing? I'll tell you who was playing. Uh, the lineup, the, 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 the Hall of Shame, uh, was Dave Besson, Gareth Hall, Frank Sinclair, uh, who remarkably didn't, didn't score an own goal. Uh, Andy Myers came on for Frank on, six, on 67 minutes. Andy Townsend, David Lee, Steve Clark, Graham Stewart. And your mate Alan Dickens was playing. What the Dickens was going on, Alan? Uh, Kerry Dixon, who uh, was substituted by, would you believe, Craig Burley? Oh, uh, it was his debut. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that. Oh, it's almost worth phoning up Talk Sport when he's on saying, I'm not taking anything you say seriously because you, you single handedly, were responsible for Chelsea losing 7 0 to Forrest because you came on at 62 minutes, after which we shipped what? another two goals. What had happened to David Mitchell in this time? He'd, he'd, he'd he's gone, gone mate. Somewhere. He's gone. He, he went last season, I think, very quietly yeah. out the back door. Uh, we also had Gordon Jury and Tony Dorigo playing with number 11 on his back, so playing as a wing-back, presumably. So there you go. Uh, a pretty a pretty sorry day in Chelsea's history, really. Um, so, you know, in true Chelsea style, our next match is against Liverpool, who, of course, are, as I said, chasing down Arsenal for uh, you know uh, to, to win the title, uh, having won it the last year so they're the current champions uh Chelsea's last home game nothing to play for at all but we don't like the Scousers and we always tend to do rather well at them and this was no exception um we win 4-2 uh Kerry scores a goal Wisey scores a penalty David Speedy uh scores for Liverpool uh Rosenthal uh who I never liked he he equalized and then Kerry and uh, jukebox jury uh, score again and uh, we win 4-2 which is great because it means that we deny Liverpool uh, the title uh, although we do deliver it to Arsenal which is never a good thing but uh, I suppose I'd accept that um, in a way Dan we saved the best till last really didn't we 
Yeah, so we were brilliant that day. We were yeah. brilliant. And presume you were there. Yeah, I was there. It was a really fantastic end of season. And I remember Rosenthal's goal was just, he just kept coming up to the ball and he scored. Then you're thinking, oh God, this is Chelsea. It's 2-2. We're going to lose. But then we, you know, go outside of win 4-2. It, it, again, it was one of those games that summed up our season. You know, some utter brilliance, some just some desperate defending. It was, but, no, but again, it was Liverpool. They were still at the pinnacle. On, on their perch, as it were, and we we beat them four two and stopped them win the league, which is which is great fun. Yeah. I didn't have such a hatred for Arsenal in those days, which is weird. So you know, mm. tell me now, I'd be like, oh god, it's like Arsenal Liverpool. Do you want to be shot or stabbed? Yeah, you know, well, quite, probably, yeah. quite. Uh, JK, uh, last home game of the season for you. Good way to end it on, but a bit frustrating as well, seeing that we can beat a side like Liverpool four two and lose and get dubbed by Forest seven nil. Typical chin. Yeah. 7 0 and then 4 2 against Liverpool. So, you know, but, but I'm, I'm afraid I was, you know, it's not a surprise to me having supported <laughs> teams since the 60s, you know, but you just went, oh, okay, great. I mean, I suppose it, one of the advantages of that, you knew that regardless of them having lost 7 0, they might possibly win it because they were Chelsea. So you came with enthusiasm and optimism. Whereas other clubs who have beaten seven nil would think we're going to get an enormous drubbing. Well, but no. There we go. Well, if you think if you think Liver, uh, you know, losing seven nil to Forest one week, beating Liverpool, you know, chasing the title four two the second week, was unbelievable and a crazy thing in football. You wait till the last match of the season away at Villa, where remarkably, I believe Jason Cundy scores his first Chelsea goal. There weren't many, but he scored against them from a corner. So that's even more shocking, some may say. But uh, I'll, I'll talk to him about that. Um, anyway, that's that ends the season. Um, you know, we finish. Well, interestingly enough, <laughs> this is t- talk about we're living in a world of fake news and spin. The official Chelsea review says happily that we finished in tenth. The reality is 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 actually that we finished eleventh. We were on the same points as Spurs, but. Uh, they indubitably had a much better goal difference than us. So I think I think really we finished 11th, although the Chelsea video says we finished 10th, which I thought was funny. Um, it's a very weird season, although, as, as you were both saying, very typically Chelsea. I mean, in a sense, you know, the campaign never really got going. Uh, and as I said, we finished in equal 10th, I'll settle for. We were the only side to beat Arsenal, who, the, who were the champions. Uh, we could clearly live with the best, but inconsistency was clearly the issue. Um, you know, I mean, uh, horrible, horrible dips in form throughout the season and some terrible results along the way. And I think Jonathan actually almost got the, to this point earlier on. And, it, and it, it definitely had a sense of, you know, the pieces were there. Most of the pieces were there, but not necessarily in the right places or to, or to nick a classic uh, Les Dawson gag. I'm playing all the right notes, but not necessarily in the right order. And it it had that feel, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't understand why. I don't think we ever really played our best team, um, which I think would be Dury, Dixon, um, Wise, um, and possibly less so. But um, uh, Dorigo, they're all the best players. Uh, um, and Wilson, if if you were taking it on the season before, um, so it, and the very fact that. By the end of the season, we'd played David Lee, Gareth Hall, Frank Sinclair, Jason Cundy, Graham Lasseau, Graham Stewart, Damien Matthew, Craig Burley, um, as being under Steve Clark, who was supposedly one of the better players, hardly played at the beginning. Um, um, you, you think, well, 
what happened to all the other the other players who were supposedly better. Um, so it was it was it was confusing. I mean, some of these. I mean, none of those players that I just mentioned were other than Graham Lasso. I'm afraid was um, was really a, a good a good enough to to put us higher up the league. So uh, it's not a surprise to me that we finished where we were, and it was just it, it, it's a it's a signpost to the the seasons coming where. Um, these are the kind of players who played consistently for the side and um, really weren't quite good enough. Well, you, um, you, you do say that, but I would also say that I, I think if, if, you know, again, looking at it from, you know, a, a lot of perspective and hindsight, uh, it was a very interesting period in Chelsea's history. And you can, you know, I mean, again, parallels as always. But, you know, we had, we had that mix of... Um, you know, we'd we'd spent a lot of money on on good players like Wise and Townsend. Wise indubitably worked as was a, became a bit of a legend for the club over a long period of time. Townsend not so much. We still had the likes of Kerry Dixon playing for us and Gordon Jury, two really good players. You know, Besson and uh, Dorigo were internationals. I mean, we had a lot of internationals in the side. I mean, I think we had a really good potentially mix of balance, a really good mix and balance of good quality players, experienced players. And we had some really interesting youth players coming through. I mean, Cundy, you know, was was highly rated. Graham Lasso went on to be an absolute legend for the club, was a great player. Graham Stewart, we talked about earlier, superb player. Damian Matthew, I thought, was a good player. Frank Sinclair went on to have a really great career for Chelsea. Andy Myers was a decent player. Burley, for all of what we say about him, was an international footballer. Uh, Rodders, I thought, was a good player, but never really played in his best position. And Gareth Hall wasn't half bad either. So there's clearly, you know, there's some... Uh, do you know what the thought was? While I was watching this all today and thinking about that, I was thinking, you know, it's really interesting, isn't it? You know, Chelsea have always seemed to have had a good history of, of producing and developing good young players. And it's almost been consistent throughout our history. And nobody ever seems to really notice that. And I think a lot of it gets swamped in what happened in, you know, in the early days of Roman and when we went a bit potty and started buying continental players for fun, you know, in, in the Hullet era. But actually, and the, sorry, and the and the Hoddle, the Hoddle, well, more more the um, Hullet era, to be fair. But, you know, and I think that goes under the wire. And I think there were a lot of young, talented players coming through. But remember... They were only just breaking through. And actually, if you look at the defence, and I think we can all be agreed that actually the Achilles heel of this season was the defence. Interesting parallels with last season, where guess what? The Achilles heel was our defence. And, you know, and, and, and you know, you don't expect consistency out of young players. And I think Barr, Stewart and Lasso, who I thought were really, really good when they played this season, you could absolutely say that, Dan. Yeah, I mean... It's, it... Nothing beats experience. It was it was a lot of chopping and changing from the, the, the defenders. Um, as you say, it's nothing beats experience. Then, like now with you know, perhaps we brought in a really experienced centre back at the time, might make all the difference. But there's no one really to guide because Moncal wasn't particularly vocal centre half. Well, see, Cundy was 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 new to the game. You know, it was it was, it was there, were, there were seeds there. But we again in very typical Chelsea fashion. We never really kind of kicked on. It was it was kind of stop start stop start because you know we didn't improve. There wasn't any sort of you know like you know we we bought wires we bought. Perhaps we reached a level, Dan. I think maybe. Tattooed. Yeah, I mean that that fifth place the year before. Kerry still absolutely. I think Kerry at his peak actually the year before. I really really do. 
Um, I just thought he was the complete striker, uh, you know, in 1989-90. Mature, wise, savvy, as well as all the other attributes that he had. Yeah. And I think his all-round game was... Ap- I must talk to him about this because it's not... I haven't thought about it before, but I really do think he peaked. I, I, we, we, I have disagreements with Jonathan and Kelvin about this last weekend, but I will stick to my guns. But I think, I think Kerry up to about 91 was great and there was there was a bit of a decline next season yeah Yeah. it it definitely tails off but you know i i'm wondering jonathan to kind of link into a point that you were saying earlier i think we may have plateaued a bit we we reached the heights of fifth the year before and it does start to get a bit mid-table mediocrity from now on in and i wonder if some of that has has something to do with bobby campbell who you talked about right at the beginning of the show and in a sense you know this was a bit of a caretaker job for him I think it always was a bit of a caretaker job for him. And, of course, he retired and he went upstairs uh, on the 12th of May, literally a day after the last game of the season. And maybe yeah. there was that feeling around the club and with the players. Maybe they knew. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it, I have to say, I was, I was pleased. I was, I was confused. <laughs> Jonathan I was, was there with his, with his bed sheet. Campbell out, Bobby out. Bobby is a boob. But intriguingly, he supposedly went to um, upstairs to talk about developments for the ground. So perhaps it was his fault that uh, Chelsea Village got got created. No, he'd put the planning in for the year before for Chelsea Village, hadn't he? Uh, he had. Yeah. And Ken, but meanwhile, planning for the ground. Meanwhile, not re- expecting to possibly be in the ground the following season. There was always that doubt that we were we were struggling with at the time that we might not be there the following season. Yeah. And we were waiting for the cl- close season to see what would be happening. Can I just say that I don't think we ever saw this team play in the season. Wise, Wilson, Townsend, Dixon, uh, Dorigo. Um, uh, I'm missing two players, actually. Clark, Moncow and Besant. So if they're, if they're the best players, um, uh, what you'd think that he would try and play them as often as possible. Well, I'll, 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 ask, I'll turn that round the other way. Who do you think... Uh, I've got the list down here, actually, because, I mean, the interesting thing is, actually, you're, you're a genius, because I was going to segue into this anyway. I've done what I normally do, and I've high- highlighted the players who played over 30 games for us this season, apart from Graham Lasso, who played 28, and Graham Stewart, who played 23. But I thought that they were very good, as I said. But the players who played most games... Yeah, they, were the best. they were the best that came through for me. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. totally agree with that, as was proven uh, with the careers that they had. But the players yeah, who played yeah. most for us this season were... Dave Besson, Jason yeah. Cundy, Kerry Dixon, Tony Dorigo, Gordon Jury, Gareth Hall, Graham Lasseau, Ken Moncow, Graham Stewart, Andy Townsend and Dennis Wise. That's 11 players. Uh, can you get a team out of that? Besson in goal, Cundy, Dorigo, Hall, Moncow. That would be your defence. Hang on, hang on, Dan. Uh, midfield would be... Uh, Okay, you, well, Dennis Wise, Andy Townsend, and possibly Lasso, and that leaves you Dixon, Jury, and Stewart up front. We could you could put Stewart back, but back wide with Lasso and have Dixon, Jury up front. Yeah, yeah, you could have four, 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 yeah. fucking two, mate. Yeah, I mean, I think our biggest problem was main, mainly away from Stamford Bridge because you know we, we lost we lost 12, 12 games away, and we let in forty four. So our biggest problem was really defence. Well, no, it's getting away on the red and winning games because you only really got, was it 13 points out, away from Stanford Bridge all season, which is not not great if you're going to be really challenging. I, we, had, we had a whole few seasons when our way form was absolutely shocking. You know, get, getting away away win was, you know, like rocking horse shit back in the day. 
But then you look at where we were over the season, you know, we you know, we didn't go any lower than sort of 14th, but mainly we were sort of ninth, probably between ninth and seventh, which is probably where a reflection of where we were. Yeah, couldn't agree yeah. more. Yeah. Um, just a bit to, you know, just kind of uh, tie up a few loose ends. Um, top scorers were Kerry and uh, Gordon Jury, who both got 15, which is interesting because, you, you, you know, if one striker got 30, you'd be going, wow, that's good. You know, so that's not a bad return for them. Most appearances, Dave Besson, who uh, played 45 games. You kind of want that from your keeper. Uh, player of the year uh, was Andy Townsend. Um, was he your player of the year, JK? No, it was Dennis Wise for me. I didn't understand that. He was a bit, um, as I say, in and out. But, uh, you know, you're given the benefit of the doubt because it's, 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 uh, it's that thing of whether you want the top players to, to start running isn't it or whether you've got to give them some time getting used to the players they're playing with you know I'm I'm now very steely about wanting players to come in and be terrific instantly which some of them can be and you then you know admire them even more but in his instance he was a bit chalk and cheese you know he'd, he'd play very well and then and then it was this disappearing that I could never quite start, understand didn't seem to be quite involved and he was a very classy player um, but yeah I suppose uh, he he scored some good goals and was very industrious. But for me, Dennis was was head and shoulders above anybody else. Dennis was fabulous, absolutely fabulous. Well, he, I mean, he's it, twelve. It twelve. Hang on, Jonathan. Twelve goals and yeah. eight eight uh, eight of them penalties, but twelve goals, not a bad yeah, return yeah. for a midfielder. But also, he makes you you know you one looks back at other players. You think, meanwhile, um, what, what if Pat Nevin was still playing? You know, what, what about Charlie Speed Cook? But yeah, Peter no, no, Osgood. Excuse me. You're, you're taking, Roy you're Bentley. Excuse me. You're, you know, yeah, you know, Jimmy awesome. Greaves. Sorry, go on. <laughs> George, George Hillston. That's his goal. Huey Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, go on, mate. I, re- I was taking the mick. You finish your point. No, no, no but no, really, but no, because it, 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 he was still playing for Everton. He played against us, yep. didn't he, Pat? Yeah, speedy playing think, for Liverpool. Yeah, and speedy then got transferred to Liverpool. Yeah. So he was from Coventry. He he was and he scored against us, of course. Yeah. Speedo, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, you know, it's you just think you, they made some errors over the last few years that uh, um, luckily Spacker's going massive mistake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they but they bought players and had players coming through, as you said, who were pretty good. You know, it's just a question of the combinations. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go back to that team I, I mentioned. It they didn't play Wilson, Jury, and. Um, uh, and Keep Dixon up, yeah. very very often this yeah, season, no. and yet the season before it had been absolutely phenomenal as a as a partnership. I wonder if they were playing more of a four four two this this season. I mean, my my hunch tells me that last season they were playing more of a four three three, and yeah, may, yeah. And, and he couldn't accommodate three up front, so that's that's why Wilson yeah, didn't play as much. Yeah. Uh, so your your player of the year was Dennis Wise, and I'm inclined to agree with you. Actually, um, was that Andy Townsend for you? Um, Dan, or would you have gone um, elsewhere? Yeah, yeah, Dennis Wise, I thought, was a really great first season for us. Really good. Yeah. Townsend, again, he flattered to see from time to time. You know, he had some good games, but as JK said, he, he could be quite anonymous. But what Wise was just that kind of infectious character on the pitch. And also, yeah. just, just sort of, you know, a, a kid's perspective, me, meeting them both at Harlington. Dennis Wise was always engaging and fun and friendly, where Townsend was just a bit of a, a mardy so and so. He'd sign an autograph, he wouldn't engage, he'd get in his car and, and piss off. Um, but yeah, Dennis Wise, you know, I, I liked the little nasty, nasty side he had as well, which we lacked in that team. We didn't have, as you say, a, a clogger. He's not a clogger. Man. I know, I know, I know. You know what I mean? It was something 
a technical clogger. Okay. Put his well, yeah. t- talking of cloggers, uh, this, of course, is the season. I've just realised this from looking at the league table. But this is the season where Arsenal and Man United were deducted two and one point, uh, respectively, for the brawl at Old Trafford. Remember that? When the whole boat, yeah. almost the entire te- uh, team for both teams uh, had a brawl on the touchline. And oh, how we laughed. That was funny. Yeah, you remember that? They, yeah. I thought it was Norwich City for some reason. But yeah, there's definitely a, there was a big hoo-ha at the time, wasn't there, about disgraceful footballers. Because it was a televised match as well, I think. Yeah, well, just just for the record, Arsenal won the title, as we know, because we handed it to them by beating Liverpool. Liverpool was second. Crystal Palace were third that season. Well, they had Ian Wright, didn't they? They did, they did. They were, they were wearing our, um, our, our third they kit, were. weren't they? For... Yeah. Disgraceful. Yeah. Uh, Leeds, Dirty Leeds were fourth, who I, and as I said, I think they'd go on and win the title the, uh, next year. City were fifth, United were sixth, Wimbledon were seventh, Forest were eighth, Everton ninth, Spurs tenth, and we were eleventh uh, on the same uh, number of points as Spurs. So there you go. Thus endeth the 1990-91 to 91 season for Chelsea. But I'll just leave you with this, because this has massive resonance for everything that we're doing now in a way. Uh, because in June of that summer, the FA's blueprint for football was signed by all of the first division clubs and it heralded, of course, the creation of the Premier League, duh, 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 which would start at the uh, end of next season. So 91-92 next week and then it's Premier League time. Good Goodness gracious oh. me. And football as we know it, ended but that's me being an old curmudgeon but there you go what do you think about that jk yes i i, I was foolishly very excited by the premier league um appearing i'm looking back i've no idea why well mate so was, was i so was i to be honest I, we all were we all were and the referees wearing green yeah. always, that was one of the things that always, i thought the referees wearing green were and then thinking about it afterwards you think yeah, it hasn't altered their abilities at all there hasn't been a kind of analysis of how the game would, would change all it means is that the money's been shifted so um yeah but you're uh, you're yeah. right at the time i was excited you know all that football on tv you know it you know it's it just shows you how how easily you can be duped you yeah. know and now i spend most of my time writing about what a dreadful thing it has how it's destroyed football as we used to to know and love it and but actually the truth is always somewhere in between i mean it's not all bad uh, I suspect that we probably wouldn't be sitting here if it hadn't been for the Premier League, you could say, you know, the way that football's gone. But anyway, Dan, your final thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it was all the season or the Premier League. Anything Sorry. you like. It was it was, it was just another che- a Chelsea season is what, I, what I've come used to. You know, I had my heroes. I had, you know, Kerry, obviously, and then Dennis Wise became a new hero. Nearly got to Wembley. Nearly season yet again, but it's Chelsea. They, you know, I was it was in my blood by that point. I was going home and away quite regularly. Had a part time job at Tesco's to, to fund it all. And it, was, it was really fully in my blood, and it was it was it's just a great way to spend a Saturday. And the good thing then there was a lot of Saturday matches, which yeah. is great because yeah. traditionally it was three o'clock on Saturday because the Premier League hadn't come and ruined yeah. all that yet. Yeah. No, I, I just it was. You know, <laughs> it, it, we, we could have become relegated. It's still been Chelsea and. What was it? What was it like going away in uh, 1991? Um, it was it was weird because I think I was on my own quite a lot of the time. I was just trying to, you know, my dad said, "Whatever you do, just to avoid lots of men in, you know, men in, men in football scarves and half yeah. and half shirts." Um, I, remember, I remember going to um, 
I enjoyed it because it was experience. I was on the train. I didn't have anything like a, a radio or anything like that. So I had to buy newspapers to read or read a book and have sandwiches and nothing like that. You know, the internet. It, was, it was a new experience. I think that season I did six, six ways. The following season I did 10. So I was definitely sort of getting around about the grounds. I mean, I, was, I, I think, I can't remember, it was that following season we had Southampton and the ZDS midweek game. I went up there to... Um, what do you call it? Um, the Dell at the time. I remember coming back and the coach driver literally went past my road. I said, can I get out here, please? Because I literally went, no, can't stop, not allowed. I'm like, I just live here. So I've got all the way back to Stamford Bridge to get all the way back home again at like two in the morning. I was like, you bastard. Yeah, I know. So it, no, was, it was good fun. It was really good fun. So. Good stuff. All right. Well, this has been really good fun with you two, as, as it always is. My favourite day of the week, Tuesday, is fastly becoming. So there we go. So that's it for 1990. And to 1991, we will be back soon for the next episode, which will, of course, be 1991 to 1992, when Chelsea will be under the stewardship of Ian Porterfield. So there you go. Looking forward to it already. JK, you've been a star as always. Lovely to do it. Lovely, lovely to be on the show. Thank Wish you. Wish you better, JK. Thank you very much. Yeah, indeed, me too, mate. And Dan, as always, delight and a pleasure to see you, mate. We'll see you on a fan cast coming to you soon. Can't wait. Lovely stuff. Look forward to it. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.